0: Do you have a moose near the caboose that needs to be tamed? I'm talking hairy, big, and need some support. Thankfully, our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Beluga! Did you hear that? That's your moose asking for Manscaped. Manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. The Lawnmower 3.0. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their perfect package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both super practical and they smell great too. Plus, For a limited time, when you order the perfect package kit, you get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. The Manscaped Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs might be one of my favorite parts of this collection. The Manscaped Boxer Briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. The waistband is also super elastic to reduce chafing and rubbing. Plus, when your girl sees this logo, she knows she's got a real Manscaped man. Pair these boxer briefs with their pH-balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver, and you're ready for anything. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And welcome to the newest episode of Habs Unfiltered, episode 99, the Wayne Gretzky special. Uh, We are not going to be able to score like him or, let's be honest, this episode is not going to be as great as as the great one. But, hey, you've got Matt Smith and his beard here. Hey, Matt. Hey, good morning. And Treg Wilson. What's up? The Marty McSorley to Matt Smith. Dave Semenko? No, no. I'll take, it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Because you just sneak up behind people and smack them in the head with a stick. My concussion, my last concussion, I, can't, I can barely remember, but I know you were there. <laughs> so uh, this week we're going to cover a little bit of ground. We got uh, some talk on uh, Scott Mellenby and the goaltenders. We'll even dive into lines. Woo! <clears throat> Not the lines that Treg likes, but, you know, hockey lines. That's right.
1: I don't listen. I just like the smell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you stole those Botox. <laughs> you know, your grandfather You needs to start looking younger.
1: It's a muscle enhancer.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's your burgee arms. It
1: gives me energy.
0: There you go. It's a pre-workout. <laughs> So uh Matt, why don't you uh, why don't you get us kicked off here and give us a couple of quotes that we can start uh riffing off of?
2: Okay, so uh Stefan Waite had a little Zoom conference the other day, as most of you guys know. And um he obviously goaltending coach for the Canadians, and uh he talked a little bit about um Jake Allen, talked a little bit about Caden Primo, et cetera. And these are gonna be a couple quotes that uh, uh from from this conference. So he said um Earlier this fall, Mark Bergevin revealed that acquiring a backup goaltender was a priority for him, and uh, this is what Waite said regarding that. He said, we rank goaltenders as category A, B, or C, and it takes at least a B to be a backup. Jake Allen is in that category. After all, he has nearly 300 starts in the NHL. He could be a starter in plenty of NHL markets. We paid the price, but it was worth it. I'm extremely pleased to have Jake. He was high on our off-season list. I know him pretty well. I got to see him play a lot with the Chicago Wolves when I was with the Blackhawks. I've always liked him. He's got good size, six foot two. That's the NHL average right now for a goaltender. He's got a pretty good technique. He's sound, he's calm in the net, and he lets, the, he lets the, the play come to him. When we signed him, I got a couple texts from St. Louis saying he's a great teammate and that he works very hard every single day, which is important for a backup. Mark hit a home run with getting him, and um, I completely agree with everything he said. And we've heard as soon as um, Allen signed with, or was traded to the Canadians, that was one of the first things we heard that he's that he uh, he helped Bennington out so much. And he was a great teammate, and he was always at the rink, and he was always helping the guys. And he accepted their decision, even though at times, especially during the playoffs this year. He was the better goaltender, but they continued to push Bennington and he was still that teammate. And I completely agree. I believe that they did hit a home run with, uh, with Allen and it shows with the, uh, with the contract extension already without him even playing a game with the Canadians.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty impressed with uh, Jake Allen. I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of blues games over the years. Um, uh, I like watching a lot of Western conference games. Uh, I tend to not sleep much. So I watch those Western games and I always liked watching the blues and Alan for a while was a pretty good starter. And then he kind of slid a little bit. I think he's found his niche as a backup. He can, he can actually pick up quite a few games too. He could play up to 40 games if he needed to. And in case of an injury, you could rely on Alan to start those games and give you a chance to win. So picking up Allen, even though his contract gets uh, gets crapped on for this year because of the cap hit, focusing on goaltending, especially after what we saw with Carey Price in the playoffs, I think was a home run. Getting the guy you want. Yeah, sure, he gave up a couple of picks. To uh, Bergevin gave up a couple of picks to get Allen. And Allen is a little bit expensive this year on the cap. But if your goal is to maximize your star player's potential in the playoffs, you did good. So we can't go wrong there. And uh, moving on from Allen. Well, uh, Tregg, you, you got something on you? Well, this thing with
1: Allen is that uh, Montreal, for the first time and since probably Halak, they have an actual – one, two combination at goaltending. Uh, yeah, the price seems a bit high for this year only. If you, if you look past this year, he actually took a a dip in his extension with Montreal. He's uh 2.2.75 uh, or something like that is what his contract is over the next two years after this year. Uh, so really the Canadians are only paying 10.1 million over the next three years, which turns into a little over 3.33 3. 3 million. Um, which isn't bad for a backup goalie, especially a backup goalie that if price gets hurt or goes down, can substitute it as a number one. You have to remember in this year's playoffs. He beat, he outplayed Bennington in the playoffs and took over the starting job from, from Bennington. who's according to everyone in his one year in the NHL was the next best thing to be in a top goalie in the league. Um,
0: next Ryan Murray.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, if if you look at it, you can argue for fourteen million on goaltending is a lot. Uh, sure, but if your whole way of playing the game starts from the goaltender out, then that's what you want. You want that uh, goaltender that will, uh, uh, even if Price doesn't play. Uh, uh, you also have to look at the factor that. Uh, Allen playing more is going to rest price more, therefore keeping price at the top of his game. Uh, So keeping price at the top of his game, uh, not only whether or not uh, Jake Allen is just mediocre, as long as he wins more than he loses is all you want. uh, It's going to give price the time to rest and make him hopefully the goalie he was in the playoffs consistently throughout the season. So that right there in itself is uh is the is the big uptick when you had Antti Niemi and uh, uh, Kincaid and whoever they had last year insert goalie here as the backup last year, you you couldn't afford to sit Price. No one could step up and say, "All right, Price, we got five games in the next ten days. You're only playing two of them because we're going to throw this guy in." They couldn't do that with the last few backups that they've had. Like you can go all the way back to. I don't know, Peter Budai, I guess, is the last backup that you could really rely on to come in. And even he was only good for twenty to twenty five games. Anthony Emmy yeah. was really good that one year. That one year though. That that's yeah. you know, yeah. and then they signed him to a pretty good deal for the next year, and then he just but he was also in his late thirties, he was in and out of the miners, in and out of the 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 NHL and there was no consistency there. Um
0: well, let's be honest, like the last decade, the Canadians have basically tried every goalie. They even kidnapped some homeless guy off of a bench uh, in one of the, the Metro subways and threw the pads on him and they, they've tried everything else. So he was still better not?
1: than Charlie Lingren, but.
0: Oh, he. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, but yeah. So making the trade to get someone that you know, you feel is a good fit that will provide you the level of play that you require. I don't really care too much about the cap. We we spent how many Probably years? A year. How many years did we uh, did we spend complaining that the Canadians are not spending to the cap? Three. Exactly. So now he finally has, it's not like he just went and you know what, I'm going to spend just to spend. He, he identified a need and he, he filled it. So.
1: And he started good. early. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the playoffs I, are done. I mean, look at it now. Uh, you look at, uh, we focused a lot and I did an article months and months ago for the hockey writers about goaltending and who they could target a free agent as a goaltender. He didn't seem to want to be involved with free agency whatsoever. He, I think he was destined to trade for a goalie. Uh, that way he got control of the goalies contract for at least a year and can go from there. I mean, you get a free agent now, you weren't going to get holby You weren't going to get Leonard. You weren't going to get, you know, you weren't going to get the top free agents as your backup. It just wasn't going to happen. And if you were, you're going to pay a hell of a lot more than what you're paying for goaltending this year. Right. So who were you left with Craig Anderson? Uh, he's retiring. Is not he, uh, I hear, I just heard he might be going to Pittsburgh, signing with Pittsburgh. So I don't know. Uh, but that's what I mean. Like who, uh, Howard out uh, of uh, Detroit, who oh, won oh. one game all season? Maybe uh, Grice,
0: but how much would he assign to be a backup? Because he wanted the, to be a starter. Blah, he blah, wanted
1: blah. to be a starter, and he went to, he already went signed to with Detroit. Him. He went to Detroit. Detroit, so. Yeah.
0: This is why when I wrote an article a couple of months back about goaltending, I talked about trades and named Jake Allen specifically. Mm-hmm. A toot, a toot.
1: Uh, and Matt's article, oh, wait, Matt didn't write any articles because uh, he's, still, he's still not deciding what he's going to do. So,
0: Despite all the offers rolling in from yeah. all kinds of organizations, yeah. <laughs> Matt's holding out for the big contract.
1: Yeah, must be. He's waiting for, he's waiting for uh, the athletic to give him a call.
0: But uh, to move on from Jake Allen, uh, there, Stefan Waite also talked about Caden Primo. And he mentioned how he felt that Primo needs at least 150 AHL games for him to feel that he's ready. Now, I know some people were complaining that not everybody needs that. But let's be honest. You've got Carey Price, Jake Allen for at least a year, if he isn't picked on the expansion draft. So there's no rush for Caden Primo. He had a great first year, played 33 games, first year pro, won 17 of them. Had a 909 save percentage. He had the Laval Rockets sitting in a pretty much in a playoff spot in the North Division in the AHL with a somewhat weaker team than what he's going to have this year. So why not let the kid play another hundred AHL games? Keeping in mind playoff games for uh, NHL management count as two games played. So if you play say 20 AHL games, that's 40 on that count. Uh, he also compared him to Corey Crawford in that discussion Crawford played 250 thereabouts AHL games showed up to the NHL and provided what a good solid seven, eight years of quality NHL starter play. So why can't fans just be patient? (laughs) Let the process work out because Primo is definitely not ready to play in the NHL just yet. And you sure as shit don't want him being your backup sitting on the end of the bench, getting 15 games.
1: I mean, he's already played, what, 30 – what did he play last year in Laval? 30, 33 30 games? 33 games. So, really, he only needs to play 122 more. That, that's like you, two seasons. You break that down, that's – well, if you count playoffs, that's two seasons. Yeah. Uh, so, if he gets about 40 games in this year, we'll see. We don't know what the year is going to be like. Yeah, some uh, playoff
0: games, then same thing the following year.
1: But say they do a full schedule for some reason. He he gets 40 games in this year, gets 40 games in next year with, say, 10 playoff games each season. you got your 150 games. And Allen's contract's nearly up if he stays with the team. <clears throat> Price is coming to the end of his contract. he got four years left on his contract, four, three, or four. Maybe
0: he wants to move. Maybe he retires. Maybe what if he, he wins might. a cup? He decides to hang <clears throat> him up.
1: Or you have your one, two goaltending option and Price and, uh, and Primo, and you have what Price did with Halak. That's right. Basically just start rolling over and taking over the team or what Theodore did with, uh, QA and, uh, uh, who was the
0: other goal? Uh, not, But, uh, what I think we're missing though is this kind of points to management's timelines as to when they're going to be looking at shaking up the goaltending area because two seasons is really all it takes to get to that level with a good playoff run in there. Just one playoff run, a couple of solid seasons, and we're looking at 2023, Caden Primo's in the NHL. Is he the starter? Is he the backup? Is he a tandem? Like, We're looking at some kind of a shakeup there.
1: And, And it gives you time to find out if this guy's going to be a legit NHL starter.
0: That's right. If he starts playing in net and they just happen to be, a, he's in net when they happen to lose all the time, <laughs> you know, it's not his fault. They just lose every time he plays. Just ignore the numbers. Ignore the numbers. Who cares if he's playing great hockey? Who
1: like, okay. <laughs> Just because they lose and he has an 880 save percentage doesn't mean it's his fault.
0: No, I, I know we make fun of that, that little saying a lot, from some people that we have had discussions with. And it does, if you think about it, it, does make sense. If you watch the game, sometimes the numbers don't match the eye test. But if you watch 50 games, he's not standing on his head and still giving up 15 goals and having an 880 save percentage. You know what I mean? Like one or two games. Sure. I can see that. But over a long haul, uh, over a season where you're, you constantly you're constantly giving up the bad goal. You're constantly, you know, your numbers are down. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of say, yeah, not reliable. The, but Primo is that guy.
1: The numbers will balance out. That's that's the yeah. thing. If he's a good goaltender and he's a goaltender that just because he plays on a bad team. All right, talk about Montreal Colton, uh, Vitaly Demchenko and uh, the KHL played on yeah. a terrible terrible hockey team. But he had a save percentage that was pretty good. He had a nine fifteen or and a nine sixteen save percentage. Imagine uh, how bad they would go
0: without
1: him. That's just it. But, I mean, I'm sure he had games where he let in five, six goals that really weren't all his fault. Yeah. Right? And – but if he's letting five, six goals consistently in every game – even whether it's not his fault or not, he's not stealing any games for you. And he's not proven that he should be a number one goalie.
0: And this is that one of those areas where you have to be careful when you're using stats to scout someone. Sometimes the stats don't lie. Advanced statistics, regular statistics. Sometimes they tell the whole story. Sometimes. But you actually have to watch these guys play just to be sure. Because sometimes you'll get a gem. Sometimes.
1: And everyone knows how I'm all for analytics and how I think it's the greatest thing that ever came to the to hockey or any sport. Money puck. However, I, 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 hey, analytics has its thing. It has. Yeah, it's, it's a uh, great tool. Great it's tool. a great tool to use for situational play. Right. It's great. However, if you just use analytics without an eye test, then you're wasting you're wasting your time.
0: Unless it's Sorry. with Mete, who is one of the greatest zone exit players in the history of the NHL.
1: And Mike Condon three years ago was the best goaltender
0: in the NHL. You leap? no. <laughs> it's better than Price. Mate, Mate rocks. So Matt, you got any more quotes for us to uh, tear
2: apart? <laughs> uh, so you, you guys brought up uh, Demchenko. Um, yeah. So when they talked about um, influencing the goaltending situation in Laval and the uh, development of Primo, uh, he was able to say, um, we've got uh, McNevin, Lindgren, Primo, and Demchenko. But for sure, we're going to keep just two goaltenders. So four spots, two goalies. Uh, we need the two goalies that are there to play. And that with Primo especially, we want him to play a minimum of about 40 games. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a battle, and we don't know what's going to happen with waivers and all of that stuff. Which is true. And if I was him, I, I personally, I would rather see McNiven or Demchenko as a backup for for Primo and if they can, if they can uh, move Lindgren for a, uh, for an AHL player that can, that can, that can step in then uh, then do that or a draft pick or whatever. You, you're not just going to get rid of them for free, right? It's not going to happen. Like you're, you're not just going to, you're not just going to buy him out. You're not going to this or that. Like he's going to go away for something. So, well, it's not. It's it, it, it's it's very. It's very. Um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Like you, you, you can see that they're not pushing him as hard as what they used to.
0: He's right? not in their plans. He's not their all. plans, right? Primo,
2: and... Primo is the plan. He's the guy going forward, and I. I I I don't know if they don't, if they don't have a plan for him going forward, I would just like to see him move on elsewhere for maybe he'd have that opportunity. And, 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 you know, I'm not going to say cut your losses. The guy's had plenty of chances throughout the, uh, throughout (coughs) his career. It's just injuries haven't really been on his side. And when he's had the opportunity to jump up into the NHL level, he hasn't made it count.
0: Now with, uh, with the talk of waivers and, keeping two goalies only one of the four goaltenders is going to have to be on waivers. That's Charlie Lindgren. That's right. So when they say we're not sure what's going to happen on waivers means we're waiving this guy. Maybe someone will take him. We yeah. hope. Yeah. Uh, Demchekos on an entry level contract. So he has no say whatsoever on going down to the ECHL because anybody on an ELC can be sent to the ECHL without their consent. So he can be sent to the ECHL. So the most likely scenario that they're planning for, that they're hoping for, is McNiven and Primo as a tandem in the AHL, with Primo taking the majority of the games, Lindgren getting picked up on waivers, and Demchenko sitting in the wings in the ECHL in case of an injury. That that's that's how I see them planning ahead, just based on some of the some of what he just said.
1: I I look at it as uh, <clears throat> Lindgren going on waivers. They lose them, great. They don't. I mean, when a guy, they're going to try to trade him before waivers anyway. If no one picks him up, I doubt anyone's going to select him on waivers. They could have selected him last year on waivers, and nobody did. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a team that could use a cheap backup goaltender. I mean, he's only seven hundred and fifty. Las Vegas,
0: 000. Las Vegas just just got their uh, their AHL team in Henderson. They could use a goaltender. They're, yeah, they, their got, system, they got
1: Dansk and they got...
0: Uh, well, they need, they need more goaltending. They need more everything because their system is still... They're building their system up. They're, they're only a couple of years in in this league.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, to me, Demchenko and McNevin are going to battle to see who wins the second spot. And whoever loses goes to the ECHL. And this is why it's important for Montreal to get that uh, uh, ECHL team because then they don't have to worry about whether or not, because I mean, look at McNevin last year, his development was probably killed based on the fact that he sat on other teams owned by other NHL affiliates and was like, he played better than anyone else, but because he wasn't part of that uh, affiliation, he didn't get the. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, He was tossing shutouts every freaking game and he was still getting sent to the bench and, jumping yeah. from one team to the
1: next. Yeah. So, I mean, and then he got to Laval, he played well. Uh, I would love to see how well uh, Laval would have done if they didn't do the one guy, one game, one guy, the next game. If Primo took over earlier uh, instead of Kincaid, who's now with the Hartford Wolfpack or the New York Rangers, I guess you could say. Uh but uh, I, I think Lindgren will be gone on waivers or a trade. I don't think he's gonna. I think he's done with the, with the. Uh, and Matt, you're right. I mean, a draft pick would be nice, like a fifth, sixth, seventh round draft pick. Anything, anything's good. Uh, but if we lose him on waivers, that's okay too. Because if, if they lose him on waivers, that's 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 great. That's that's good for that's good for the
2: development of Primo. And he'll be the guy that's the call up if an injury if an injury happens the way that I'm looking at it right now, if Lindgren isn't picked up, they're focused right now on Primo and they want him to get these as many AHL games in as possible. So if it happens that Lindgren a isn't traded or B isn't picked up on waivers, I believe that even if Lindgren is the backup in the AHL, he'll be the call up. well, in all honesty, now because, that I think about because it. Because they'll sit him on the bench yeah. and have Allen or uh, or Price play the games.
1: I uh, I think if Lindgren goes on waivers, uh, maybe Dimchenko's is the best pick for the backup in the AHL over McNevin. Because you're absolutely right. If Price gets hurt, you can bring Dimchenko up. At least you have a guy with some pro experience. Like, well, I mean, McNevin is pro. But... KHL at a little bit higher level experience than McNevin and Primo. Primu's not, I'll be shocked if Primo gets called up this season, if that's how many games they want him to play in the AHL.
2: Yeah. That's why, that's why I said, I was like, so if, if it Lingren's going to be the backup there, if it happens that that's going to be the case, they'll call Lingren up and they'll put him on the bench. Of he course, even he won't if won't see any play,
1: even if Demchenko's in the ECHL, there's nothing to stop them from calling him up from the ECHL either. So that's true. 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 So, now, I mean, keep
0: in mind as well. Um, the, uh, the plan that's kind of put in place, we talked about this in the episode last week before the NHL made any announcements. So we pulled out the crystal ball and we kind of called this one, uh, but mini bubbles they're playing. They're going to probably play a bunch of mini bubble uh, bubble tournaments. Uh, so what's the roster size going to be for these things? Are they going to have the expanded roster? If they have an expanded roster and they're allowing three goaltenders, a couple extra defensemen, Linger can easily just sit there. You can do practices. You can be up in the press box. He's just that, that insurance piece and you don't have to worry about any of it. So that that's a possibility. If they don't go that direction, uh, I could see Lingren, if he clears waivers, getting the contained treatment and being loaned out to someone else.
2: Yeah. I can't see them. If they do go into this bubble thing, which a lot of people are talking about, I can't see them not having expanded rosters because what if you do lose a goaltender? You can't, you know, you can't yeah. just be like, hey, you whatever. You can't wait two big. weeks
1: for another goaltender to come Absolutely.
2: In. That's the thing. Yeah. So it will be, like, I'm going to say 99% chance on our 99th episode. <laughs> <laughs> that, nice tie-in. Uh, that, nice tie-in. Um, that, uh, that they'll do that. They'll have ex- they'll, they're they're going to have to. Injuries, injuries are bound to happen. And, uh, you know, we, we don't all have a grade A um, Zamboni driver that can come in and beat the Leafs, right? So, <laughs> does it need to be a grade A
1: one?
0: <laughs> well, technically, it's their own Zamboni driver, so the Canadians aren't hiring uh, goaltenders out of their own Zamboni pool. Yeah.
2: So, David Ayers, if you're listening, which you probably are, Why there's a me? spot. There's a spot for you because we want uh, we want Primo to develop in the AHL, and we don't trust Lingren as much. So, you are more than welcome to join our team.
1: So, what else we got? Contracts.
0: Contracts? Sure. We talk about contracts. Contracts?
1: (laughs) You want to talk about contracts?
0: Contracts?
1: So, the Canadians finally spent the cap. Everyone was crying and whining. (laughs) For the last three years, that they weren't spending to the cap, that Molson just wanted the money for himself, even though it's a totally different budget. But anyway, uh, <laughs> just because you don't spend to the cap doesn't mean Molson can just go around with that extra money and spend it everywhere else. But anyway,
0: well, he did buy a new uh, a new fishing boat, a fourteen foot aluminum with an outboard motor, so he can go rescue people at crashed yeah, aircraft. That was a good thing. Yes. So, <laughs> everyone who was complaining that they didn't spend to the cap. By saving that money, he saved the life that's right,
1: even though Can I I don't, that in? I, even though I don't think that money came from the cap, but anyway, came from
0: beer <laughs> lots and lots of beer yes
1: um, so if you get if you look at Montreal now and you got to look at good contracts, bad contracts uh, this off season uh, Bergevin signed pretty much everyone he could sign he signed even guys that didn't need to be signed for another Petrie and Gallagher who didn't need to be and Allen who didn't need to be signed for another year. Uh, There's a method to his madness and that's he wants to get hit.
0: No, he's just randomly shooting darts. And with the flat cap
1: going maybe for the next two, three years, he's trying to get ahead of the game and get his – pieces signed, get his pieces put in place so that he doesn't have to worry about any of these big contracts or any of these people that he got to sign through through this flat cap. Now that he's signed, now that he's at the cap, like I think he's only 300 and some odd thousand under, now you hear people complaining that we don't have any money. So... (laughs) I mean you gotta pick your your battles here. Do you want him to spend to the cap or to... and if, if you think about it, he didn't spend stupidly to the cap. Uh, if you look at the contract sure he, did. he didn't he
0: didn't get a line A. Eh? Come on.
1: Whatever. Anyway. Tyler <laughs> <laughs> DeFolley's on a very friendly contract. Yeah. Uh, Anderson, I think is on a good contract, five and a half million. Uh, if he produces. If he produces, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. Uh, Every year he played in Columbus, he did better than the year before. He was on a good projection. He was on an upward swing, and then he got hurt. Injuries happen. That's what happened. He says his shoulder's 100%. He's good to go, and he would have been, if Columbus would have moved on to the next round, he would have uh, been playing in the the playoffs. Uh, Allen's contract right this year is a bit... Shitty. It's four million. It's a number. It's a starter's contract, not a backup contract. But Montreal traded for him. They didn't sign that contract, and then they turned around and extended him for half the price of what he's getting paid now. So two something for a backup goalie to me is is a pretty good bargain.
0: Yeah, but is it really? I mean, worth they're paying him now? Is it really that bad? Like, did it hand, did it handcuff no. him in any way?
1: No, because he signed everybody else that he wanted to sign. Yeah. Hence why he didn't spend to the cap all the other years on contracts that he didn't need just to spend money.
0: Like last year, um, Matt Duchesne was the big, was the big talk in the off season. And he almost signed with the Canadians had he had signed in Montreal for the eight and a half million. Let's let's just, they would have been screwed. And he ended up having what just as many, or if not less points than Suzuki, who played on a contract making 950. So what would what would have been said at that point?
1: It would have been a terrible signing. It would have been much and Bergevin's an idiot. It would and have been well, they, they would have called it Alsner two 0, which yeah. technically Sherratt was supposed to be and Edmondson's supposed to be. So But everybody's Alsner
0: two when they're signed. You you
1: could argue that maybe Edmondson's contract's a bit high at four, what, three years at four
0: Something not
2: three and a half. Three and a half. I, the, I, I, he, this is the thing. I don't know why people are jumping on Evanston already. And analytics. I'm not, that you, I'm not saying that you guys are, but um totally. he put up, right. He put up he put up 20 points last year with seven goals. And then we talked about Sharat and how much of a, uh, a a statement that he made during the playoffs. He's part of the trident, he was this, he was physical, he played well, etc. He scored nine goals and twelve assists last year. Just, but but he played sound hockey and he was physical and et cetera. And now they're playing on the same contract, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kind of push him towards that Allsner two
1: that a lot of people already are. Well, here here's the thing: is a lot of people argue, and uh, I got this on my last article about Edmondson being not a top four defenseman. Well, he played top four in Carolina. And he played top four in St. Louis, so if you play top four, how are you not a top four defenseman? Is he a puck moving defenseman? No. Uh, did he look bad in Carolina's system? He didn't look good in Carolina's system because he's used to the uh, um, a zone just, defense, the zone defense, and not the man to man defense because that's what he played in St. Louis. That's right. So yeah, he was a bit out of his element in Carolina. Guess what he, he played in Montreal. But he didn't play terrible. He didn't play to the point where Carolina was like, man, we got to, you know, dump this guy. Uh, He is not the puck mover that everyone's looking for. Montreal's defense and the whole... I think Montreal just said, you know what? We're not getting this big puck mover that we want right now, but we have a bunch of guys in the minors that could be that puck mover that we want. Not a puck mover like Mete, a puck mover that can actually help the offense, you know, not someone that can move the puck and then does nothing with it. Someone who can actually help bring up the offense. So you have Norlander coming up, you have Romanov can move the puck. Romanov's pretty good with the puck. He's not going to be an offensive phenom, but.
0: See, and here's the thing, I, the way I see it, um, everyone's clamoring for this quote unquote puck moving defenseman. What they're actually saying is they want an offensive defenseman. They want a guy that puts up a ton of points because you, you hit the nail on the head. Robinov's a puck mover, but he's not going to put up 50, 60 points. He's more of a 30 to 40 guy. Once he's in his prime
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Edmonston, he can move the puck. He can make a good first pass, but he is not that mobile puck carrying guy. who's going to put up a ton of points. It's they're, they're complaining about the style of defender that the Canadians have been putting in. And, That's the the issue here, whereas the Canadians are actually built for the forwards to come in low and take those outlet passes, shorter outlet passes from guys who can clear the front of the net, get a puck out of the corner, move a puck up ice. You know, it doesn't have to be the guy, you know, the PK Subin style of I'm going to deke out five guys, turn around, deke out five more just for a show, and then maybe score or lose the puck and uh, give up a breakaway. Like it's, that,
1: never, that never happened.
0: Well, it's, <laughs> it, it's a high-risk kind of defender, and it's fun to watch. I'm not going to deny it. I love watching P.K. Subban play. He is amazing in that style of defenseman, the, uh, the offensive defenseman. But the Canadians have guys who can move the puck but rely on their defensive, their defensive play first.
1: Sherratt showed he could move. All of them have a good first pass. The thing is is Montreal needs their forwards to come to the blue line but be moving when they come to the blue line not stand still at the blue line because that's what the issue Montreal had last year. Weber, Sherratt, Mete, whoever was, well Mete wouldn't dig a puck out of the corner, but anyway, these guys would dig the puck out of the corner, get the puck, make the pass up to the blue line and the guy would just be standing there. And then all of a sudden you have the other opposing team's defender or opposing team whatever just oh, okay. You're just standing there? Well, I'm just going to wait for the puck to come to you and take it from you.
0: When you're, a team built on, <clears throat> when you're a team built on speed, standing still makes you look stupid. Correct.
1: Correct. So, <laughs> But, uh,
0: I mean, <clears throat> getting back
1: to the contracts, because now we just got into a whole talk about defense, but is there really a bad contract on the team? Price, maybe? I think there's I, yeah. long contracts. There's long contracts. The money isn't all that bad. It's just the contracts way too long.
0: If the cap keep if the cap does end up going up soon, because the news now is that there may be a vaccine available by the middle of next year. Probably going to take a few months after that, so another year and a half. Maybe I didn't want the election.
1: Up. COVID's over.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, my mistake. No more pandemic.
1: Not Stun.
2: according to Alaska, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: is is Alaska? Does Alaska even count? They count Ooh.
1: for th- three electoral votes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, what uh, Sarah, Sarah Palin? Uh, a bear and what Russia? Because <laughs> I see Russia. Uh. Anyway, I've
1: seen, seen a movie about Sarah Palin and Russians. <laughs> yeah, Google it. Google it.
0: <laughs> I still think the best movie from Alaska is, is uh, Miracle. Mystery. Mystery. That's the one.
1: Yeah, Mystery Alaska.
0: Yeah. Best hockey, the of the Rangers, best hockey movies out there.
1: Rangers lose to a beer league team.
0: <laughs>
1: the Rangers won. No, they didn't.
0: Yeah, they did. No, no. they totally watch the movie. Lost.
1: The Rangers won. Oh, I won. did.
0: No, they lose. Because they didn't win the hearts and minds of everyone. Oh, jeez.
2: So back to contracts. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so for me, like, I can't say that there's a, like, a, a horrid contract or anything like that. But if I had to pick one, um, just based on how he's being used now and the fact that he can't stay, he can't stay healthy the last couple seasons because he likes to try to, you know, fight guys that are like three times his size, is Paul Byron. Mm-hmm. Um, Byron didn't look terrible in the playoffs. He scored a very big goal for them in the playoffs. Um, he put up 10 points in 29 games, but for a guy that's making, was it 3.4? 3.4 for the next three years? You know, he's not a guy that, um, you know, you don't play 3.4 to a guy that's likely going to be a fourth-line guy. He could play on the th- he could play on the third line, and yes, he, we've seen him move up and down the lineup. But um, he doesn't seem to be playing with that that uh, that big burst of speed as much as he was. He's not shooting the puck as often as what he was. I, you know, I'm I'm hoping he takes the next step. He goes back to the player that he was over the last couple of years when he signed that contract he signed that extension because um, the year that he did he had um, like since he's been with the canadians um, you know, 18 points the first year that they had him which was kind of like a hey let's go get this guy off waivers but then uh, he had 220 goal seasons and then put up uh, 31 points with 15 goals before he got injured
1: the season prior He was on pace for 20 goals that season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I
0: agree with you. There's no terrible contracts with the Canadians. They're all, there's no bad ones really. It's just because nobody's hampering uh, Bergevin in what he wants to do. If he wants to shift money around, but I do agree that uh, Byron's probably that, that odd man out. Uh, Even though Julian loves him because he can kill penalties. He's uh,
2: yeah, that's, and that's fantastic. He's a great utility
0: player. Exactly. But at it's, three points, three uh, point three, three point four. Yeah, it's a lot over. of money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of money for a guy playing on a fourth line doing penalty kill. So okay. I can see him being <clears throat> sacrificed.
2: But you know what? They 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 must really see something in him. Is that you know he does have an A on his a sweater. Yeah, and you don't you know, and it's not just something that's given to you.
0: They're not going to give him away.
2: Exactly.
1: Are you sure?
2: If if they just gave them away, Mate would have to see. Okay, so he earned that extra thirty five thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, but I see an A on one of Blaine's jerseys, so I think they do just give them away. So
0: <laughs> I bought that one. Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking at Cap Friendly now, and I can't sit there and honestly say that there's a real terrible contract. Like I say, there's long contracts, contracts, but nothing that's. Uh, I mean, the highest paid forward right now is Drouet and Anderson. And Drewan, last year before he got hurt, was on pace for seventy points. He was leading the team in scoring. He led the team in scoring in the playoffs. Everyone shits on Drewan, and I don't care. I am going to stand on the Drewan mountain <laughs> uh, because I mean, I was never really, I was never really huge on Drewan. Like I was never against him, but I was never really, but. I don't like the guy consistently raised his point total every year. He's been in Montreal. He changed his whole style of play going into this last season before he got hurt. Uh, he wants to, I, I mean, I seen him a lot here in Halifax. I do think he has a bit of an attitude. I do think he gets down when, you know, things don't go his way and he takes a little hissy fits and that, and that takes over his game. But, you people complain, well, you can't score. Well, he had one less point than Radulov when Radulov was here. And, you know, Radulov was a hero. Mind you, you can say what you want about Radulov. He played for the, the C. He was, he was passionate. He was whatever. But let's think about it. Radulov. He just played for him. the S with the two
0: slashes through it. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, he, he just wanted the money. Now, on Jouin,
0: the expectation was for him to be a superstar. But he's not. He's not going to be a superstar. He's going to be a, a, a top six player. But let's be honest. Is his contract really a oh,
1: superstar that, that, That's my point. He, he's yeah. a 50-point – he gets 50 points. He the potential to score 70. 5.5 million for a 50-point guy nowadays is not a bad contract. Sure. It's just not. I mean, Josh Anderson, 50-point guy, almost 30-point scorer. Oh, sorry. One goal score. Sorry. He's only scored one goal last year. So
0: yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but Galchenyuk's a 30 goal scorer,
1: (laughs) And he's going to haunt the Canadians with Ottawa.
0: It's going to fill the net. Him, him and Zadina are going to take turns. But, uh,
1: but I mean, I'm, I'm on cap friendly now. And the only, like I say, the only thing I can say about some contracts is they're just a bit long. Like, Weber's yeah. goes right till he's 41 price goes right till he's 39 or something like that. Uh, they're just on the cusp of in the last couple of years, they're probably not going to be great contracts, but that's going to be five, six years in the future. The flat capital should be over by then. And who knows? Maybe they retire before the end maybe, of the contract maybe, too. Maybe. And we'll I mean, if up. you look at Weber's contract too, The recapture penalty goes to Nashville if he retires. No, that's gone now
0: with the new CBA.
1: Is that gone with the new CBA? Yeah. Sure. But even if he retires, Montreal in real money starting after this season is only paying Weber a million dollars a season. Just playing for the love of the game. Right? So, like... (laughs) If you look at his contract right now, what's this It's movable
0: to a team that wants to yeah. uh, get to the cap floor, but has a budget. That's the kind of player you'll be, high, you'll be going after.
1: in 21, 22, 6 million of real money. 22, 23, 3 million. And then it's 1 million for the last four years of his contract. The cap hits yeah. still seven something, yeah. but you know, a team who needs a team who needs to hit the cap minimum but doesn't really have a lot of money to pay a player, perfect contract for them to pick up, like say Arizona or someone
0: like that when they almost fold. So uh, we'll just shift over then. Speaking of shifts, lines. Whoa! Yeah, I look at that segue. There. <clears throat> so uh, the way we're going to do this is not going to be a uh, first line, second line, third line kind of crap. <clears throat> we're going to focus on uh, type line. So we're going to have your matchup line. We're going to have uh, a couple of, uh, maybe a two-way line, a scoring line. And then, of course, because this, it, you can't hide it, a fourth line. So I think we can all agree that for a, sh- a quote-unquote shutdown line, a matchup line, we would be looking at Denot's line of Tatar, Denot, and Gallagher. I don't think they're going to make any changes there. The line was, yeah, it was one of the top possession lines in the NHL. Uh, set, I believe second or, th- second or third overall in possession stats behind the, uh, that dominant Bergeron line in uh, Boston. So I don't think anyone should touch that. But uh, going on the second line, I think second or uh, an offensive two-way kind of line, I think we can agree Suzuki is that role. So who do you think, Matt, should go on his wings?
2: Uh, right now I Drouin looked good with um, Suzuki during the playoffs of so the time that they played together. So I'd at least start the season that way and um, if that chemistry isn't there as much, maybe I'd see if Tofoli could fill that role. but uh, right now I'd start the year with uh Drouin, Suzuki and then I throw Josh Anderson on that wing just to have uh a guy he can keep, he can keep up to them. He is a big guy, but he can uh he can create space and he can uh and he can keep up to them. So uh and he can put the puck in the net, as we all know. So I I, I would do that. I would have uh, Suzuki with Anderson and Drew as a uh, as an offensive line. Shouldn't I wouldn't have any issue with that to start the year.
0: I think that's a good that's a good line. Uh Julian, uh, we've and we've talked about this in previous episodes. He likes, he has a formula for his lines. He has that puck digger in the corner. He has, uh, who will also be a net for presence. He has a shooter and he has a, a two-way setup centerman. So I think that's a, that's a perfect fit for that kind of formula. Now, Treg, who, who do you think could be on the, uh, the next line that the more offensively, the line that won't be relied on as a shutdown, but more for offense?
1: Oh, it's the exact same thing Matt said Suzuki, Drew in, and Anderson to start. Yeah. Uh, Suzuki, I thought Suzuki and Dredd had wonderful chemistry in the playoffs. Uh, Cole, uh, you got to look at Suzuki. When Kovalchuk played with Suzuki, when he had a, a, a guy who can snipe and move the puck and had great vision in the zone, uh, Suzuki's game really enhanced. Suzuki's game was incredible with uh, Kovalchuk on his line. Uh, Drew in, I think, gives kind of that same kind of uh, playing style that uh, Kovalchuk had. Uh, the, I mean, as long as Drew Ann doesn't get you know, in a huff or depressed or whatever it is that happens to him in the season, but as long as he can keep it up, Anderson's going to give the size. He's going to be able to dig the puck. He's going to protect the two players, uh, and he's going to open the ice up for them. And I think that's exactly what Drouin needs for his game is to have the ice open up for him so he can just sit there and wait for the puck to come to him. Uh, Suzuki and Anderson will provide the defense, the 200-foot game that they need. That way you can have Drewen kind of do what he does in the other two zones. That was a little bit better last year, but let's be honest, he's not the defensive player that everybody else is so I agree totally with Matt I think that's going to be the line to start anyway like uh, I mean Julian's not really a line blender like uh, he likes to stick with his lines and hope they work themselves out but um, so yeah I can see that being the offensive line it's probably if it works it'll be probably the best offensive line Montreal's had in 20 years if it works
0: if it works, now that leaves that leaves another another line uh, that they can use as a two way some offense. Uh, my guess is Yemi is going to be that that center that they're going to build off of, just because they fell in love with the two young guys. We've already picked Eno, who's in the last year of his contract, and he, he wants to prove himself. So I would think Yemi would be the next one up. Um, Man, who do you think would pair up well with Katinemi? Uh,
2: Obviously, you're going to start with Toffoli, but it's really going to depend what side he plays on.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? If he, st- if, he, uh, if he can play on the left side, I would put Armie on the right. However, if he's best suited for the right, I would put probably Lekkonen on the left. Have a couple defensive-minded guys, someone that will go to the net, someone that can pass, someone that can shoot. Right, I would like to see Tofoli on the left, have Armia on the right, but then you've got three guys. You got three guys that are all above six feet, close to two hundred pounds. Everybody can shoot, and I think it would be a, It would it, 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 it wouldn't be a line that would necessarily have to fit that mold of a guy that digs it out, a guy that does this, a guy that does that.
0: But it kind of does, though, doesn't it? If you have Tofoli, he's definitely a shooter. He he's a shooter. Shoot.
2: He's he's a shooter but he goes to the net. He we've does. seen we've seen Armia. He can shoot very good on the boards, goes to the net. Yeah. And same thing with uh same thing with uh, with Kakaniemi. So But they all bring
0: that uh, they all bring that. So it still kind of fits the formula no that's matter right. where that's right. where they are.
2: But that, so. that, that's what I would like to see. I'd like to see him on the left. I'd like to see him on the left with uh Kakaniemi at center and uh Armia on the right.
0: I'm not too. I'm not 100 sure he's going to be there, just because he has been clearly more comfortable on the right. So I think he'll end up on the right this year. Yeah. But I would hope that they start him on the left this year, just so that we can spread it out. Because is Tatar going to stay following year? I think it's better if we get him set up and used to playing on that left side, because Tatar may be gone. We need to keep and we need uh, to Foley uh, to help on that side. Uh, I think, I think is, we'll see a little Caulfield bit of uh,
2: I think we'll, yeah, I think we'll see a little bit of uh, experimentation yeah. in the preseason. And, yeah.
1: And go if
0: there.
1: there's any. Yeah, You could see Armia switch over that left side too. Who knows? You right? could. It's,
2: it's, <clears throat> yeah.
1: Depends on if he's comfortable. I don't know if Armia's played left Anywhere else? I know Byron and Leckoning can play both wings. They've done it before. They're, yeah. they're comfortable on either yep. side. Uh, I'm, I tend to agree with Matt on that third line. Uh, I'd like to see Tafali, cut Yemi and Armia. Uh, yeah. Whoever plays left is comfortable playing left and plays well. I'm fine. Armia, to me, is one of the most underrated players on the Canadians. Absolutely. He, I, I think he's he's the injury bug has really hurt him since he came to Montreal. I think he's a 20-goal scorer. Uh, he hasn't hit that yet, but I think in a, in a healthy full season, Armia can hit 20, 25 goals. Uh, he can stick handle inside a box. He's a great stick handler. He's good with the puck. Not always smart. Sometimes he doesn't know when to shoot and when to pass, but that comes with practice. That comes with age. Um, but playing with Cotton Yenemi and uh, uh, Toffoli, Cotton Yenemi's finally going to have guys that can put the puck in the net when he feeds it to them. Uh, not like he's doing over in ass porn over there. So, uh, um. what did you call it? <laughs> ass porn. Ass porn. Ass porn. Ass porny or whatever it is. The whatever. Ass porn. I don't know how to say it. So I'm calling it ass porn. Uh, <laughs> anyway, because um, the team is ass, but anyway, <laughs> sorry, they're terrible. Um, But that's—I mean, right now you have three well-balanced lines that you can roll out at any time that can produce for you. This is the first. They would
0: be able to hold themselves hold themselves well against a top six, any uh, pretty much any top six.
1: Any top six. I mean, maybe not Connor McDavid because I don't think anyone can can contain
0: McDavid.
1: But all you need to do is contain that one line, and you're going to beat the team. So,
0: just slash McDavid in the back of the knee. Slow him down. Just, just, put
1: him in, just put get a, Mete, just get Mete to low bridge him.
0: Is it then, a low bridge he goes, because he's so goddamn short?
1: Well, he doesn't really have to do anything. He just has to check, really. He's going to hit him in the knee. Shoulder to knee. Shoulder, shoulder to, knee. to knee. And, and then, then he goes shoulder
2: first in the boards, and then he's caller McBroken. And two for one. Connor's
1: Connor's out, Mete's out. All right, it's it's so a two, it's, it's, we all win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But, I mean, if, if you think about it, you look at past history and past goals, you have probably eight to nine players on the Montreal Canadiens that can score 20 goals right now. Potential.
2: Yeah, Armia, like, I would agree, was, is a very underrated player. He had uh, 30 points this year. He put up career career highs in uh, in points and goals, and he only played 58 games.
1: And, and he did that last year, too. He had a career year last year, a career yep. year again this year. If he can stay healthy. Yeah. And
2: he, and he provides that uh, – he, he's, he's not to the offensive level as somebody like Anderson. However, he's going to provide Kakiniemi with the – he's not going to be a guy that's going to go into the corners and drop gloves with you and all that kind of stuff. He's not that kind of player. But um, he's going to provide the same style of physicality, not crossing the line. Um, as Anderson, like he, he put, like he's, we know how strong he is in the boards. We know how good he is on the penalty kill, et cetera. But like the guy's no such, he's not a small guy. Like army is a army is a big man and he can, and he can move and he can, uh, he can provide that physicality. And I think he's going to open some space for Cockney Emmy, especially if Cockney Emmy reverts back to Cockney Emmy from last year, not playoff Cockney Emmy. And um is gonna be able to uh to pick his to pick
1: his spots on the ice and uh and pick some corners. And Montreal has depth now. So if yes. Tartar goes down, Tofoli can step right in and yeah. take a spot. Yeah. If Druanne goes down, again, Tofoli or someone can step in and take a spot. Yeah. Unlike last year when you had guys go down and you're like left with wheel. Wheel and Weese and uh What's his face there? Uh, the
0: Dutch Gretzky mentioned on episode ninety nine. Ninety
1: nine, the Dutch Gretzky, <laughs> and uh, talking about Belzil. Belzil, yeah, yeah. Uh, who I think everyone the French got, Gretzky, who I think everyone got all excited over for nothing. But anyway, uh, uh, it,
0: he was a good story though. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to stick in the NHL, but it was nice to see. It was a nice to see story. Like if you're gonna, you know,
1: he's not a Brian Froes, and we all know how I loved Brian Froes.
0: Sure. But that takes us down, this, this takes us to the Canadians so-called fourth line, or as I'd like to call it an energy line, a line that can come out after a penalty, uh, get some momentum. <clears throat> Excuse me. Woo. Oh. COVID. Ah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So an energy line, a line that come out after penalty kills, a line that'll come out after uh, a power play that didn't click that can get pucks deep, you know, kill some time, rest your better players. So I'm thinking Evans is going to be on at the, at the center of that line, as opposed to paling, just because I think paling their goal is to get him to play a ton of minutes. And you're not going to get that playing on that energy line, which is probably going to be at best 12 minutes in a night. So Matt, what do you think? Who do you think is going to be alongside him?
2: Well, first, I would agree that it's likely going to be Evans as the uh, fourth-line center, and I'm saying that based on the fact that Bergevin hasn't went out and got a fourth-line center. There's lots of them still available. Yeah, and um, I know that um, I was a, I, I was a big fan, and I, I'm pretty sure you guys were too, of Nate Thompson and what he brought to the team. He brought energy. He brought life to the locker room. He – he was a really good guy for the team. And I wouldn't have been against bringing him back. If they would, if they would have signed him to a, to a one-year deal, I wouldn't have had an issue with it, but they didn't. He went to Winnipeg. We wish him all the best. So yeah, I will say, uh, yeah, yeah. That is a fantastic dance, Drake. <laughs>
1: that's, the, that's an A Thompson dance. Yeah. Ta- Thompson would job. be
2: proud of that.
0: Uh, <laughs> Treg's just missing a pole. Yeah. <laughs> or a and stick. Yeah. I have
2: it. That's right. So, uh, yeah, I would say uh, I would say Jake en- Jake Evans at uh, at center with uh with uh with Byron on the left or right doesn't really matter with uh with Lekkonen. That's what I would think for now as your uh as your fourth line.
1: That's a pretty good if you think about it, that's a pretty good fourth line. Yeah. You have a 20 goal scorer, a 18 goal scorer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, liking he can get 15 goals. I'd like to see what Evans can do with the full season. He had, he shoot he showed he showed some
2: flashes. I was at his uh, I was at his first uh, I was at his first game when he when they played the Ducks, and um, he he looked good. He he, sh- he you know he showed some flash during that game. I, I'm not a
1: I'm not huge on Evans. I I think he'll make a good fourth line center. Yeah. Uh I think he'll fill in nicely. He can kill kill penalties he got some speed he got i don't think it'd be much more uh i agree i don't think Paling's is going to play if he plays nhl is going to be an injury replacement um and i think that's good for him i think he needs a full season under bouchard in laval and i think he's going to be one of the top players in laval for uh for the team um yeah i i, I agree with you matt uh, Byron byron and evans is a fourth line and less Toffoli plays on the right, and then Armia gets bumped down to that uh, fourth line. But even then, that energy line's a line that can come out and put the puck in the net for you. Not only can it put a puck in the net, it can play for a few minutes a game against the top line, and not you're not too worried that they're going to get run right over by uh, by the top line. Yeah. <clears throat> only because I think Evans is very sound defensively. So... The biggest thing Montreal has to worry about is face-off wins. Because after Deneau, it's uh, it's not that great. So...
0: Evans looked pretty good on the face-offs. But, I mean, it's a small sample size. Mm-hmm. And if you are concerned about his face-offs, Byron's okay. Mm. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and tried and find an upgrade for face-offs. But, Maybe yeah. hire a guy to help with face-offs in I, practice. I'm, I'm
1: not even talking just about Evans. Suzuki and Cotton and Emmy. Yeah we're, well below, we're well below 45% on the, uh, the they're playoffs. above 40, but
0: in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, so. But overall, I think what we're looking at here is probably the most balanced lineup the Canadians have had in a long time. And I know you guys, you guys are talking about depth and how it affects an injury, but this depth with or without an injury, I think it has a, a second effect that we didn't touch yet in that, we don't have to rush our prospects.
2: No. That
0: big, the the big kerfuffle about Galchenyuk was we brought him in too early. You know, we brought him in, brought him along too fast. Well, we just mentioned it with paling He doesn't need to step in and start playing an NHL role when he's not prepared. He can be left in the AHL to develop. You know, it, it, it's...
1: Same thing as Caulfield.
0: Caulfield, you'll loan in.
1: Well, the thing with Caulfield, though, is you might have the issue that when can he come into the Canadians with all the right wingers that they have? And I'd rather that problem trade a guy. I, I, I'd rather it. that problem, but I'm just, I'm just saying, like personally, I would love to see Coffee at the least get a year in the AHL before coming to the NHL. Personally.
0: And he could now. Now you're not rushing him through just because you need to fill a spot. Now you know that he can stay in the AHL for a full year. You don't have to worry about anything before he makes it. When and he just, prepared.
2: Just imagine if they didn't have to rush Mete in. He would be <laughs> like Roman Yossi right now.
1: Why, why are you doing it? Every week, Matt. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> I know like, you love him so much. Roman Yossi? <laughs> what? <laughs> or like oh, Phil elite Bork. Puck, but, elite uh, <laughs> puck but, defenseman.
0: It, but this balance, this balance lineup, this depth in the lineup, there are no star players up front. We can be uh, – there's honest. no star
1: players at all.
0: Well, Price. Okay, sure. But for scoring, you don't have a no. star player. You don't have that star puck moving defenseman, offensive defenseman. You don't have a star forward. You no have elite players. No, no elite players. But Suzuki might become one, perhaps. Cottonyemi maybe on the edge. Like yeah, you got you got these young guys who are starting to edge toward their their potential. And you have a depth of players who, like you mentioned earlier, Trey, possibly have up to eight, 20 goal scorers. So if you do lose someone into an injury, you have that depth to fill in. You're not, it's not like a team losing their top goal scorer who does it like Ovechkin. If Ovechkin goes down for, for, uh, for Washington, they're missing the biggest offensive weapon on that team. and, it becomes very difficult for them to to change your game plan. Whereas with the Canadians, Matt, you mentioned it, you have three lines that you can interchange. So Julian finally has that 2011 Bruins lineup that he loved, where you have four lines that you can roll. Three of them can give you goals. And that fourth one could possibly pot in a, a little extra here and there. So it, also, it,
2: with the also with the depth that they brought in, yeah. you're not going to be um, – guys aren't going to be double-dipping or triple-dipping. They're not going to have to be the offensive catalyst, also killing penalties, and also being out there for the power play. That's right. That's when you see that for the defense as well, that um, if they only want to use their more offensively gifted defensemen, being Petrie and Weber – and roll for Mete. forwards, and Metze, of course. Um, then uh, you got you have guys like Edmonston, you have Sharat, you've got Romanov, etc., that can go out there and kill some penalties. Especially if you take a penalty right after a power play. Yeah, you know, guys have already been out on the ice, and it's like, fuck! Now we got to go kill a power play. You've got yeah. other guys yeah. that you can lean on and put them in.
0: You've got more options and more scenarios Yeah, that and, are available and, to
2: you. And I think the power play is going to improve this year based on the fact that you've got a guy that can shoot with size, that can go in front of the net, that can go – He's you know he can do much more than, say, a Jordan Wheel could do or, or someone like that.
0: Nick Cousins, power play specialist. <laughs> well, on the special teams, if you can get a penalty kill – that's above 80% and a power play that's 20% or above. You have some good special teams nothing elite, but those, that level of special teams, you want, you want your special teams percentages when added together to be above hundred percent.
2: Just want to throw in a Nick Cousins stat because Trey brought it up. Oh, yeah. Um, about him being a power play specialist. Nick Cousins scored more power play goals with two than Philip Deneau, Max Domi, Brendan Gallagher, Jonathan Drouin, Jasperi Kotkaniemi, and Ilya Kovalchuk. And, do you, and know, do you know who else scored two?
1: Jordan Wheel.
0: Hey, Phil, was... Deneau. Phil <laughs> Deneau
1: only averaged like 10 seconds on the power play, so just throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's another issue that they can look at. So the the bottom line is the uh, it, another aspect of the this balanced lineup. And you you nailed it, Matt, when you mentioned all these different weapons and tools that you can use in different scenarios with a shortened season. That's going to be it, it's going to be compressed. So you have a compressed, shortened season. Injuries are going to happen. But you can manage the minutes for guys. So if you have three games and four nights, let's say, well, you can rely on different people on different nights to fill those key roles. So you can you can throw thirty minutes at say Weber one night, and then you can throw thirty minutes at Petrie another. You know, you can shift things around a bit. You can you can trust your entire lineup. That's that's where I'm getting at with this. And I did kind of. Th- I did kind of in joke, you know, just say, Hey, he's got his 2011 Bruins lineup, but let's be honest. I know it's not the identical style of play, but he loves rolling his four lines and he finally has four lines and three pairing of defensemen that he truly adores. And he'll, he'll run with this.
2: Yeah. We don't. And at this point, as we brought up earlier, we don't know about extended, uh, how extended these um, lineups are going to be because yeah. like, if they have, if that's going to be the case, which it likely will be, they're going to have the opportunity. If a guy isn't, you know, as a, as you said, if they play three games in four days or something like that, you've got a guy that's a little bit banged up or whatever you can throw in a, like on defense, you'd be able to throw in a, you know, maybe a Kale Fleury or a Xavier Ouellette or that kind of guy, or you'll be able to throw in, um, A paling, or you know, one of those kind of players, and we still don't. We still don't even know what's happening with uh, Charles Hudon, right? He's still an RFA. We don't know what's happening with him. I doubt he's going to be back. He's lighting it up in Switzerland. I don't think uh, he's coming. Obviously, no. I don't think he is either. And obviously, Swiss league is uh, obviously a step down from the NHL, but uh, you know, they still have his rights and. He might, he might be a guy that that could be back. We don't know.
0: So, uh, we I think we covered quite a bit on the show. Um, I, I think we should end it there. I, we're we're well past an hour now. People may have already turned us off. So, I, I uh, doubt
2: it. It's the ninety nine
0: show. So I think we're going to ask Treg to say the smartest thing he said all night. Treg, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's uh, about right. Yeah. That was it right there. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing that
2: that and ass porn, you know, that was pretty much his highlights of this show. <laughs>
0: He's been going on the porno ass ass porn thing now for a while. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm starting to get concerned.
2: I like to like to see his uh browsing history.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Treg's browser history is probably pretty impressive,
1: absolutely, very impressive.
0: <laughs> so, we're just gonna call it. <laughs> I think we'll just call it here. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening and bearing with us. And oh, before we go, Matt, you got something?
2: Yeah, I just like to thank everybody for all the um, the kind messages um, during uh, during Remembrance Day. Everyone that uh, gave us a shout out—it's uh, it's 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 so appreciated. And uh, every I read every one of them. I got back to most of you. If I haven't got back to you, I will get back to you by uh, by the weekend for sure. And uh, just thanks again. We, we we all really appreciate it.
0: And I, uh, as we we're recording, it's, uh, it is Thursday the 12th, um, this, this morning a post uh, be, came to my attention and it's about uh, an Anthony Forgeron up in Cape Breton, a young hockey player, uh, got a puck in his head after practice and now he's at the uh, IWK in Halifax, which is the children's hospital uh, for the Atlantic region. And I shared a post uh, about about this young man and uh, his family's plight. So, yes, healthcare in Canada is free. However, when someone's traveling four to five hours from their home to the hotel or to the uh, the hospital, they're going to have hotel fees and travel fees, and they're going to have to take time off work. So, I did share uh, a GoFundMe page for this this family. If you feel the urge to donate, go ahead. Uh, but at the very, uh, at, I think the hockey community can come together, and send some well wishes to us, to this, this young man and his family. Uh, because the sport is a family. I found that hockey is the great equalizer in an, uh, as a culture, everybody can be a part of it. Everybody can love it and we're all connected by it. Uh, I use it myself uh, as therapy <laughs> for uh, for what I need. It's my, it's my go-to. So if anyone wants to check out that post, if they want to donate, if they want to share thoughts and prayers, uh, please go right ahead. So um, on that note, I think we'll end it there and uh, thank everybody for listening. And we will see you for next week in episode 100. We here at Habs Unfiltered would like to thank you, all of our listeners, old and new, for tuning in. Please click subscribe so that you never miss an episode of all of our shenanigans. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we.